when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have a great repeat guest. His name is Jeff Ward, and Jeff is with Forward Communications, and he is a political consultant. But really, today, we're going to be talking about messaging positive messaging, negative messaging, and how you can turn the negatives into a positive. So Jeff, man, how are you doing? I am doing fine. How about you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you. And so in the last handful of months or so, there's been reports about Facebook that have said that they actually work with engagement in a way to promote negative attitudes. In other words, if you put up a angry emoji, that actually will send more of that kind of material to your Facebook feed. And that tends to keep people engaged more, which means they sell more ads. So their algorithms have been put up in a way that is promoting negative feelings. Now, this is important, I think, because there's a lot of charged emotion out there in a lot of different ways, both in our personal lives and business lives, you know, everything with the supply chain issues that people are feeling and and there's a lot of angst out there so the plague is still foremost in many people's minds yes yeah exactly it, there's just so much going on and then i've been down this road recently about ai and artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. one of the things that you know things like facebook and google and any of these social media platforms do is they analyze your engagement and they reward you with what you do so right. i think that same thing comes into play with marketing and messaging and the way that we're trying to get our messages across so if we see something working we're going to go down that road right Right. I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, Brian, you know, in the sense that, you know, Facebook gets you to engage because people like being mad these days. Outrage has become an art form. And um, it's not as as much as Facebook promotes negative feelings as Facebook rewards negativity. There's a difference. So, uh, you know, I mean, when was the last time you or I won an argument on Facebook? Not very often. (laughs) And even when we kid. And you and I will sometimes go the kind of Andy Kaufman route. Mm-hmm. People kind of wonder. So, but there is a subtle difference there. It's not as much people, I'm not sure they like negative feelings, but they love, you know, going negative on somebody else's posterior. Right. And I find myself, you know, when when some of my friends post something that, you know, just gets my ire, I immediately want to go in and respond to it. And I catch myself and right. I say, whoa, stop, don't do it. Because if you do it, Facebook is going to reward you with more of that. And you're not going to win. You know, I mean, I used to respond to all those. Then I decided to kind of go uh, satirical on folks. They didn't get that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Hyperbole is a lost art. I look at some of these things. I just let it go. As you know, 
my uh, one of my bucket list dreams is to have my blacklist be larger than my friends list and we're getting there yeah and uh, one of my dreams is to have a sarcasm emoji on facebook mm -hmm. i don't think it'll matter <laughs> they're still gonna take offense true very true so you know when you break that down to communications and and you deal with a lot of local elections so i do does it make sense to go negative to get more attention in the case of trying to promote yourself in a local election, even a national election? Well, no. The, the, the easy answer is no. I mean, there used to be an old adage, and, and, and no to the local. In the, um, the national and statewide elections, it's a little different. There's a saying uh, that, that used to go, all politics is local, and that's not true anymore because – we all, you know, our mayors, our aldermen, even our state senators and state reps, as they call them here in Illinois, assemblymen in other states, have knocked on our doors when they're running for office. And we kind of know them and we're much more aware of them and they're real people. You know, sadly, though, the uh, national and statewide folks, you rarely get to meet them. It's kind of uh, an effect not nefarious, ambiguous construct. And, you know, it's much easier to go us against them. So put more simply, in local elections, going negative will likely hurt you 90% of the time. And, you know, it's even starting to wane a bit in national elections, but it does work a little bit better there, particularly if one of the candidates gives the other one a really silly opening. So how do we take you know, this this bubbling over of negative emotions and turn it positive in a way that's going to get people's attention. Because obviously the reason things are being rewarded in social media is because it does get attention. Mm -hmm. So how do we flip the card? Well, well, in many cases, the negativity goes too far. You know, there was a, a township commissioner candidate in Elgin, Illinois, uh, well, Jose, and, you know, Jose had a, a rather fascinating past, as some people claim I do. Uh, and his opponent decided to send out a mailer with Jose's entire, quote, criminal history on the piece. And he didn't differentiate the fact that many of them were charges that were never proven. So that was so absurd that it totally backfired on the uh, mailer. Uh, you know, the, the candidate who um, issued the mailer, and he lost by a fairly hefty margin. So part of it is when local folks tend to go negative, they tend to go too far. Uh, but we're, uh, you know, there was another uh, local judicial race where I was helping one of the candidates um, unofficially. And her opponent also kind of had some issues in her past, a couple DUIs. And I warned my friend that I would not bring up the DUIs because there's a perfect answer to that. And if your opponent issues it, it's going to completely turn around on her. But my judge friend didn't listen. She brought it up. And sure enough, her opponent said, yes, I've made mistakes. We all have. But the great thing is I've learned from my mistakes. And it's critical to have folks on the bench who've made mistakes and learned from them. And it totally blew the DUI thing out of the water. So there, there's a, a plethora of ways to turn these things around, e even nationally. I, um, another perfect example, I, you and I discussed this earlier today. I walk and run through my neighborhood a great deal. And throughout most of September, some you know, social service group 
had put up signs that said one in five children die of pediatric cancer. Clearly, what they meant was one in five children with pediatric cancer die of it. But, you know, there's a picture of, the, of a bald child on the sign, clearly chemotherapy. And it's just it's a terrible feeling. Who wants to think about dead children? So I thought about it for a few days and I kind of thought, oh, man, you know what? They need to flip this. They need to invert it. What I would have said if I was their messenger, for lack of a better term, is with your help, 80% of children survive pediatric cancer. And I love that. It's taking it's taking that perspective of the positive side of a negative issue. Right. And I think that's one of the key things is if you can flip the script and what you did basically is say 80% of kids who have cancer survive as opposed right. to one in five die. And you're, you're going to still get that empathy, that emotion, and, and you're still going to make your point. The, the key thing that I think that they were trying to accomplish was is by saying that kids die, you can help. If, if 85% you know, survive, do, do they really need my help? I guess that's the question is how do you kind of push it over the edge? Well, that's why you say with your, you could say with your help, with your continued help, but, or through your help, 80% mm -hmm. of children survive. You know, it, it, I would be much more willing to give at, and, and at a visceral level, you know, a mistake, a lot of candidates, a lot of businesses, um, you know, a lot of social service agencies make is they want to shock you. And while that works really well for people like Howard Stern and, of course, Jeff Ward and some of his columns, it does not work well when you're trying to get people on your side. Nobody wants to think about dead children. So flip it. Let's talk about the ones who survive. And people generally aren't going to think what you just thought. They're not going to consider the fact that, well, they don't need me. No, you know, with our great fundraising and our efforts, which rely on you, uh, we can make a dent in this. We can make a difference. Absolutely. And I think the key thing that, you know, people are trying to get across with that shock and awe is it gets attention, right? But the key question is, does that attention turn into action? Does it translate into a sale, a donation, a volunteer? Mm -hmm. And I don't think the sign as it was, I don't think it accomplishes any of those goals. Right. And and you can use mixed metaphors. You can even start off with the shock and awe and say something along the lines that, did you know that one in five children die from pediatric cancer, but 80% can survive with your continued support? Right. So you can still use both of those things in sequence and still get the message across. It may not work on a sign, but it might work in other ways. No, you it know? might. You're right. And, and, you know, considering the vast ADHD of the American public, you always want to keep that messaging as short, as, short, as brief as possible. Yeah, when I come back and I'm reincarnated, I want to be a goldfish because their memory only lasts ten seconds. So, you well, know, so, so do most of, <laughs> so do the memories of most Americans. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that difficult to switch it around to make it more positive. And and as cantankerous as we seem as a species, you know, it's really the hardcore folks on both ends of the political spectrum that are making the most noise. They they're they're not. They're not the majority on either side by a long shot. Mm -hmm. So 
how do we identify that negative side of things and and start to to add those positive spins to things and, and will it still make a difference i mean have you seen examples of that other than you know some of the campaigns that you've worked on where somebody took a negative message and turned it into a positive and then you know got the attention that they needed and had the result they wanted well in the case of that the judge or judicial race i discussed the the candidate who had the perfect answer to having had a couple duis did not win but that was more about her campaign ethic than it was about messaging but yeah i mean my gestalt during campaign time is taking those attacks and and you know flipping them around or at least owning them and once you own something it's much more difficult for your opponent to attack you and of course part of it is not setting up your opponent uh to to be able to frame you with his message you and I talked about the uh, Virginia gubernatorial race, and it got really contentious, as you might imagine, because it's a proxy war for 2022. And the incumbent Democrat governor, you know, made a silly mistake. He, you know, when critical race theory, which nobody really knows what it means, became the core issue of that campaign, he said he doesn't think parents should tell teachers what to teach or administrators what to teach at school. I mean, I'm like, oh my God. And it gave his opponent the perfect end to say, yeah, yeah uh, to, to play off people's fears of, of what they believe critical race theory to be, uh, to define him as far too woke, uh, to define school districts as going too far. And though he didn't lose by much, uh, Governor McLaughlin lost. If I was in his shoes or if I was his campaign manager, I would have totally turned that around on the Republicans. And you could do it without going negative. I would have had him say, hey, I thought Republicans were the party of less government. The last thing our school boards need are more unfunded mandates from the state capitol and uh, us telling them what to do. It's a difficult enough job as it is. So, I, you know, I'm going to leave it to the school board. My opponent may have other thoughts, but I'm going to leave it to the school boards. Totally disarms uh, that attack completely puts his Republican opponent on the defensive because now he's no longer less government and and, and he should have moved on. It should have been a non-issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're getting attacked, if, if there's something that you find negative, you can actually turn it into a positive of what you have to offer. And I think that's really kind of the key to what we're talking about. So, Or you can use logic, Brian, because logic still works as long as you're brief sensible about it and 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 as as non-emotional as you can possibly be and i think that's the key you need to have empathy but not get overly emotional about it right right so to kind of wrap this whole thing up i think the the message that we need to understand or the way that we need to start delivering our messages is if you have a negative, you can state the negative, but then frame it in a positive way. Absolutely. You own it and frame it. Yes. Exactly. Like the judge. Yeah, I made mistakes, but I learned from my mistakes. And that's critical for any judge. Um, it's, that's, that's really, really cool. And you can almost do that with, you, you can do that with virtually anything. Mm -hmm. Of course, you also don't want to make the mistake, whether you're a corporation and Mark Zuckerberg is a prime example, the, the CEO of Facebook, you don't want to be so nebulous that you, you can let an opponent or your opponent 
or a detractor frame you. Uh, years ago, I was at a function where, you know, Bill Brady, state senator of Illinois, was running for governor. And I, I was at a function. I ran into him. Um, I couldn't stand Pat Quinn. I said, Bill, you, you know, you're running on the I'm not the other guy campaign. What that's going to do is it's going to let the Quinn campaign frame you. It's going to let them define you. You can't do that. Start making the appropriate statements. You, don't, you never want to go too far. Um, but start making the appropriate statements so they can't attack you later in the campaign. And Bill just smiled knowingly, said, we got this one, Jeff. Thank you for the advice and walked away. Well, at the last campaign minute, the Quinn campaign came up with who is Bill Brady? And they tagged him as being ultra conservative, which actually isn't the truth. He could not respond. He could not recover. And he lost to a lightweight like Pat Quinn. Mm. So, in other words, be proactive is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, in other words, be, you want to be proactive in your messaging to some degree as well. It's a little bit different with a corporation, but you can do it. Um, another great example, when after we talked this morning, I, I know it's a bad, bad era to bring up the Cosby show, but there's one of the Cosby shows that sticks in my mind when Theo, who was in college, used to go to uh, recruiting events, even though he wasn't interested just for the free food. So he went to this company's event and they had a new motto, basically, that said, we're more than soup. And Thea goes, you know what? Soup is nutritious. It's inexpensive. If I were you guys, my motto would be, we're still soup. And, you know, they, of course, they tried to hire him in, as, a, as the character on the show. But that one has always stuck with me. You know, and when you get one of those good feeling, visceral reaction messages you're good as gold, sir. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience and opinions and dropping some sizzle and hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. <laughs> Absolutely happy to help. But, you know, if anybody wants to find me, you know, for my messaging skills, uh, thefirstward.net, forwardcom.me, uh, Jeff and Ward at sbcglobal.net. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome, Jeff. Well, thanks for joining me today. Look forward to the next chat. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs> <laughs>